how I turn up at different times of my cycle for different engagements, you could say, or different meetings, opportunities, scheduled appointments, whatever you want to call them. I get to bring different energy. And that's one of the main reasons why at this show here, we always ask, so tell us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in right now? Um, Because I think that's a really, really beautiful thing to do. You're listening to The Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. Hello and welcome. This is episode 232 of the Well Woman podcast. We are starting a new mini-series. Officially, we need to talk about menstrual stories. And over the next 12 or 13, I can't remember the exact number, but the next 12 or 13 episodes, we're going to be interviewing some amazing guests that have been on the show before and some new guests to talk about real life experiences of menstruation. I figured so far on the podcast, we have talked a lot about things we can do to support the menstrual cycle, what creates the menstrual cycle, what influences and impacts the menstrual cycle. But what about real menstrual stories? So this episode kicks off our new mini series, Menstruation Mini Stories. And I'm going to share with you a little bit about my own cycle and my own personal experience. And I think it's really humbling listening to many other people share their own menstrual cycle stories. And so far, I've already recorded a bunch of episodes for this mini series series. And I'm loving how diverse each and every single one of our guests' stories and experiences as a menstruator actually are. So we talk all things like from sex and menstruating to menstruation experiences with your parents educating you, parents not educating you, where did you get your first period, everything you can think of, plus a lot of funny stories in between. Now, I originally had the idea of inviting Brendan to interview me for this, but it's not it wasn't exactly easy to knuckle him down and also have have him coordinate to ask these types of questions, but we are here and I'm excited to share with you anyway. So let's talk about my first menstrual experience. So when did I start menstruating? Now, this is a bit of a funny story. I think I've shared it once or twice on the show before. However, I was like the latest bloomer in all of my girlfriends and my group of friends at school. I was like 15 and a half. And the reason why I was really looking forward to menstruating is, well, one, all my friends had already got their period. I felt a little bit left out of the club. And then two, my dad would not let me shave my legs until I had received and experienced my first menstruation. So I'd become a woman, meaning I could shave my legs. Now, I had really hairy legs and I did a lot of sport. I did a lot of swimming. And so my legs were always being shown. Plus I live in a very tropical location. So it wasn't like I was wearing long pants or long skirts all the time. And so when I started menstruating, this is the first thing I can really remember thinking, oh my God, yes, I can start shaving my legs. But my menstrual period actually dropped in my first, well, my menarch, my first period dropped in when I was at school. Um, I feel a lot of people could resonate with this, but I was menstruating at school. I went to the sick bay. I didn't really know like why I was feeling the certain way that I was feeling, but I had seen the fact that I'd been to the toilet and I had blood on my undies. And so I basically just complained of, you know, tummy cramps, (laughs) went to the, went to the school nurse and then um, was lucky enough to get picked up um, and taken home. Now I wasn't picked up by 
by my mum, my nan actually came and picked me up and we went back to their place. And um, then I went home later that day. And I just remember, I think, telling mum, but that was kind of it. There was, from what I remember, there was no real big education about it. And um, it wasn't really something that was openly spoken about in our household. Um, But I knew that mum had tampons in um, her bathroom in a vanity closet cupboard thing. Um, But also at the same time, she didn't really use pads. And so not long after I started menstruating, I had a swimming carnival. And at that stage, I was quite into my swimming. I've been swimming literally all my life since about six or nine months old or something. And I loved swimming and I was very competitive. So I had to quickly learn how to use a tampon. But I think at the swimming carnival, carnival, I was more cautious about actually having the tampon string hanging outside of my underwear, let alone it actually being not visible. And had I put it in properly, was I going to bleed through? You know, I knew if you weed in the pool, it would go blue, which is not true. It's just one of the many, many things that our parents (laughs) tell us, which is actually not true. Just like you need to rest for 20 to 25 minutes after you eat a meal before you swim. What a cop out so that your kids don't have to swim straight away after they've finished their lunch while on holiday. So the parents don't have to get up and monitor them. Um, But yeah, that was my experience. And I I had quite simple menstruation experiences. I, not long after being a menstruator, went on the hormonal contraceptive pill. I then stayed on the hormonal contraceptive pill for 12 years. It's such a long time. It's such a long time when I think back over that period of time. And in reflection, I was quite numb to my experience as a woman. I never really felt very feminine. I never really felt super connected to my body. I was never in love with my body at that time in my life. I was very self-conscious and well, wow, time, times have changed, haven't they? Um, but I really put a lot of that down to the hormonal contraceptive pill. Now, why did I go on the pill in the first place? So the reason why I went on the pill was because, well, one, I had a partner Um, that I'd met not long after I had started menstruating and I basically didn't want to fall pregnant. And so that was the surefire way at that time in my life that I knew that I wouldn't fall pregnant is if I was on the hormonal contraceptive pill. Plus a lot of my friends were doing it and you could go to the doctor without needing any parental supervision if you are over 16 and you could get the pill. So that was what I did at that time. And that, you know, really projected what my menstrual experiences were. So one thing when I was on the hormonal contraceptive pill that I was really stern about not doing was skipping my period. I just never felt like it was normal to like miss your period. Now, I didn't really know anything about the menstrual cycle or didn't know anything literally apart from what products to use when you're menstruating. I didn't even know that your period was very different to a period on a hormonal contraceptive pill. And so that that was actually more of a breakthrough bleed than a regular um, period. So it was quite an interesting experience in reflection because I never really wanted to skip it. I think I skipped it in the full 12 years. I think I skipped the sugar pills maybe three times. One of those times was for a wedding. Another one of those times was when I was in Europe on a Kentucky tour when I was very, very young. I was 20. Um, and then there was one other time, but the rest I was okay with, you know, I, I didn't mind menstruating. I didn't think it was completely disgusting or gross. And I, I did it regardless of what sport I was doing or whenever my competitions arose, I was happy to do that. Um, but very interestingly in reflection, I never wanted to skip it. Um, even though I did three times. And I think that's quite a, an interesting reflection because 
you know, a lot of people uh, like to avoid having their period. So when they do and go on hormonal contraception, they kind of just forget it. Now, let's talk about menstrual education. So I mentioned that I didn't really learn too much from what I remember from my parents. My parents might have something else to say on that. That's totally fine too. But from what I remember, I really learned a lot, um, mostly from my school friends and also at school, but it was really targeted more so around avoiding conception as opposed to, well, this is what your period is. This is why we menstruate. This is what can happen in your menstrual cycle. This is what does happen in your menstrual cycle. This is what to expect, what not to expect. So I didn't really get any education like that. And so my big education around the menstrual cycle was when I decided to come off the hormonal contraceptive pill. So um, I do have a, a couple of funny stories I will share with you about menstruating and my menstrual experiences with menstrual blood and um, all of that jazz. But the reason why I chose to come off the hormonal contraceptive pill is I had been on the pill, like I said, for 12 years. I was at a health conference in America and I heard a scientist and a doctor share that the average baby that is born is born with around 286 chemicals and toxins in its body as tested through the umbilical cord. And I was like, whoa, I was already on a cleansing journey. I had leaky gut at the time. I'd cut out a lot of things in my life. And this was kind of like the cherry on the top that I had to like, okay, if I get rid of this thing, then I will be pure. I will be so clean and pure. And um, that's when my life changed dramatically. I start, was with a long-term partner at the time. I completely woke up in my body and was like, what is going on? I felt like, you know, in the Matrix, the movie, how they've, you know, the first one, two, three movies, the first three movies, not the recent movie, and how they have like the worm that goes in through the belly button and lives inside their belly. That's how it felt. It felt like I had an alien inside my body and I didn't know who the fuck I was. I remember having wailing, wailing cries. We lived in an apartment block and my partner would be down in the garage and he would rush up being like, what is wrong? Is everything okay? And I just would be so lost in who I was and what was going on in my body. I didn't get a menstrual bleed or start my next menstrual cycle for nine months. I had some spot bleeding around the six month mark. And that's when I decided to go and get some tests done to see what was going on because it didn't feel normal. You know, I didn't even like skipping my period on the, my breakthrough bleed on the, you know, hormonal contraceptive pill, but all of a sudden I didn't have a bleed at all. And so I really didn't have what I would call today an anchor. Yeah. An anchor point. So at that time I went and got some, you know, support from the doctors and I did some testing, rather vigorous testing, and I discovered I had PCOS. So that kind of helped me understand all of a sudden why my body wasn't, you know, adapting back to a natural cycle. Now, at the same time, I was thrown into a whole new world about menstrual education and what the menstrual cycle was. At this stage in my life, I had studied a lot of different health things. I had studied ancestral health. I'd studied health coaching, wellness coaching, nutrition coaching, like all of these aspects of health and wellness. And not one of them had once educated me anything on the menstrual cycle. At this stage, I'd also been working in food manufacturing as a food science formulator for like, I think it was five years at that stage. And not, I'd never met anybody who really started to hone in on any of these types of topics, except for Mia Robinson, who came later towards my time there. And she owns and develops Fem 21, an amazing women's blend product. But that was really a little plug for Mia. <laughs> um, but that was really 
my reintroductory to menstruating and I didn't know anything. So it sent me on this big wormhole, this big spiral of discovering more and more about my body and it being a cyclical being and how disorientated and disconnected from it I actually really was. So that's a bit about my menstrual education. Today's episode is brought to you by my signature membership program, the Well Women Academy. Would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle, live with natural fertility and contraception, understand ovulation, master menstruation, and live cyclically? Well, I've got an answer for all of your questions. The Menstrual Cycle Membership is here. The Well Women Academy is a monthly membership where together we study things like the cycle, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, natural contraception, the feminine, eating and moving through your cycle, and lots more. Yep, it's the number one place to discover how to end your cycle signs, live in tune with your cycle for good. For less than $2 a day each month, you'll access over 180 live self-paced educational classes and cyclical specific learning modules across a wide range of formats like written, audio, video, and a guided home study. Not to mention every membership gives back with a menstrual cup to menstruators in need, thanks to our commitment with the COVA project. Join me and women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as together we awaken our cycles, reconnect with our bodies, and you become guided to live more cyclically. Use the code word podcast to receive 50% off your first month. To learn more and join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. Um, let's share some funny menstrual stories. So one of the first stories I have was I was on a bus on the way to um, a different state. It was about a 10, 11, 12 hour drive. And I was wearing, I think actually I share this in one of the episodes that are coming up, but I was wearing these blue baby blue pajamas with ghosts on them. And I, it was an overnight bus ride and I must've started menstruating that evening whilst on the bus. And I'd got off the bus and a teacher came over to me whilst, you know, we're all in our pajamas and said to me, I think you've got your period. And she took her jacket off or her t-shirt or whatever it was and wrapped it around me so I could go to the toilets and get changed at this service station. Uh, I was so, so mortified. I felt so shamed. I felt shameful. I felt embarrassed. And it was just such an interesting um, experience that I really started to recognize I didn't really like, you know, being publicly menstruating. You know, I didn't like showing or telling people that I was menstruating. It was quite a, a closet thing. You know, I had two brothers and I didn't really want anyone knowing when I had my period. I was very good at hiding it. So today is very different. <laughs> Think about it. I'm talking about my cycle all the time, particularly in the schools and the programs that I teach in. Um so that was the first story. Now, the second story that I want to share was actually more recently. And I was on a trip with my partner. So last year, my partner and I, we spent three months across the top end of Australia camping um, in our rooftop tent set up. And I absolutely loved it. If you want to learn a little bit more about that adventure, we do have a couple of episodes on that. Um, and those episodes, um, I think it's like living cyclically while on the road. Um, and if you look up you know, Gemma and Brenton's my partner's name. I think you'll find that um, on the website too, if you go to wellsome.com and search for it. So great little up updates about our trip and what we did and what we saw. So I did a few episodes on that. But on that trip, I had an experience of three full menstrual cycles under the stars, you could say, or under the moonlight. And it was towards the end of our trip and we'd moved into this cattle station. So we we're staying on a cattle station and you could call it free free camping. 
well, technically we paid for it. So it wasn't free camping, but there was no water. There was no toilets. There was no showers. It was just this beautiful spot down by the, the creek and the river there. And there was cows around. We had these, we were in the baby calf section. So it was all these little calves um, around, which was so cute. But I was also menstruating. And this was day two of my cycle at this stage. And when um, I was wearing a menstrual cup, we were sitting in a car for a long period of time on that day, driving from God, basically, where was it? Corunda, Corund, Cor- yeah, Corunda at the, bo- the bottom of the Gulf of, Ca- Gulf of Carpentaria, driving right across into the Tablelands, just inland from Cairns in Queensland. And I had to change my menstrual cup. The time had come. And so we didn't have any running water. I had a tap that was connected to the car, but the car was not by the creek. (laughs) It would have been a good 30 meters away. So I had to ask Brendan to come and hold my drink bottle for me whilst I changed my cup in the creek. And I didn't want to wash my cup in the creek because of who knows if the the cows have shat in the creek and it's got feces and parasites and stuff. And I want to always look after my yoni health. So I wanted to wash it with fresh water myself. So I got him to bring my drink bottle down and stand with me next to me. And I'll never forget. He's like standing with his legs wide and his arms spread out with, you know, one arm holding the drink bottle, the other one trying to like balance himself, get away so he doesn't get wet, standing in the creek with his boots on. And I'm pulling out my menstrual cup, taking my menstrual cup out, and I'm looking at the blood and I'm slowly, you know, giving great thanks as I pour the blood into the creek and letting it give back to the earth. And Brent's like, what are you doing? Do you need the water? And I'm like, yes. So he passes me. I'm like, give me the water, give me this. So he passes me the water. He's like, oh, yuck, I can't look. And I'm like, dude, seriously, if we're going to have kids in the future, you need to be able to see me squatting, taking out a menstrual cup and changing my menstrual blood out of my cup into fresh, into a fresh menstrual cup. And it's interesting because in that moment, I just recognized that even though he knows so much about the cycle, he's so supportive of me and my cycle, there's still an aspect of men that are still unsure or uncertain or still damaged, you could say, in some way around the menstrual cycle and menstrual blood and the power that menstrual blood can have. So I um, we had to talk about that afterwards. And it was very interesting in learning that because we all have different menstrual experiences. You know, I've menstruated and not had the right clothing to wear swimming. So I've just gone and bled in the ocean too. You know, I've got lots of different random stories I could share, but it's really important to understand that one, the people around you, are they supporting you or not? Um, and then on top of that, and they be with you in support. And I think that's the next best thing, particularly for couples and heterosexual couples, is that, you know, for men to really get to know you and the process of you so they can fully support you if you ever choose to enter the birth altar in the future, one of the best initiations is menstruation, which I find really, really powerful. So let's talk about menstrual products and my products of choice. So for a very long time and mostly my entire time on the hormonal contraceptive pill, I always use a tampon. So I shared my story about using a tampon (laughs) at my swimming carnival and feeling so embarrassed, like, have I got this thing in right? Um, But I used tampons for a really long time and I never really knew really how to get rid of tampons or how to, you know, throw out the waste, the rubbish. And so when they brought to the market in Australia, I'll say, and I say brought to the market because, in uh, the first menstrual cup was developed in like the late 1800s, 
like I'll say that again, the late 1800s, I think it was 1888. Um, it wasn't of the same material it's made of today, but we have had menstrual cups around for a very, very long time. But because of the error that they were developed in, they weren't something that was put in the newspapers. They weren't discussed on the radio. And so the discovery and the spread of their availability was very slow. And because of that, we've really only clued on um, or recently been demonstrated and shown menstrual cups in, you know, this new age of the world today, our current society, recently. So I'll never forget when I transitioned to a menstrual cup and it felt really freeing. I really liked that. Now, the next part um, that I was learning about was when I studied Ayurveda and I really delve in delved into deep Ayurvedic health for women and looking at women's health and how do they treat the cycle? How do they support women with their menstrual cycle? And one of the things that I learned from my beautiful doctor, Dr. Vignesh, is that anything that you insert inside your vagina whilst you're menstruating is in the opposite energy of what your menstruation is trying to do. So your menstruation is a downward flowing energy. Whereas when you enter a menstrual cup or a tampon, you're actually switching on your vaginal canal. So the muscles in the canal and squeezing to hold that cup in place or that tampon in place. And they really encourage nothing being in the way. And the way that I actually learned this really hands-on was through my first Panchakarma cleansing experience in India. I was at Dr. Vignesh's retreat center with my beautiful friend, Sammy, and I started menstruating on day one of my retreat. That also happened recently this year when I went there in May and June. I was also menstruating on day one of my retreat. Um, and that was like three years apart, those two experiences, but it both happened on day one. Um, something about menstruating on day one of my holidays, I tend to do that a lot. And um, what happened was I had the nurse come to me and they brought my outfit. So they bring like a muumu outfit, which is like a long T-shirt that's quite baggy. They cover you in oil and they don't want you to ruin your clothes. So they give you an outfit to wear. And um, I said to her just before my first treatment and she came to my room, was I'm menstruating? What product do I wear? And so I brought a tampon. I always carry tampons as an emergency because you just never know whether someone you are around needs one or if um if for some reason you need one. So I think it's always great to have an emergency pack of tampons. Um, I love supporting the community like that. Being in a bathroom where someone's like, does anyone have a tampon? Um, it's always really cool. So having tampons and a cup. So I came to the, to the front door and I said, which product should I use? Um, and they said, oh, no, 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 we don't do that. And they led me to the, um, here we'd call it the pharmacy, um, but to the dispensary there. And they had reusable pads. They had cotton made pads in India. And I was like, okay, I'll wear one of these. And so I wore a cotton pad um, to my first treatment. And it's interesting because they really teach that you want to let your vagina breathe. You want to let it air out. You want to let it have space when you're menstruating. And so that was when I started to explore not just using a menstrual cup, but really using more menstrual underwear. Um, I liked the freedom that the cup gave me because I do a lot of swimming, living close to the, the ocean. I love swimming. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to try that. And so that was when I really transitioned to using more menstrual underwear. Now, I did have a pair of menstrual underwear by this stage, um, and I liked to wear them at nighttime to bed, but I would during the day I'd still wear the menstrual cup. Um, I didn't like wearing my menstrual cup to bed. I like to always let my, my yoni breathe, so to speak. 
so when I came home from that first trip in India, COVID hit not many months later. I think it was like I came home in January and COVID really kind of started in March. So a couple of months later, COVID started and it really gave me the opportunity as a menstruator to just be a menstrual bleeder and to practice free bleeding. I didn't have to go anywhere, which was really nice. And I could use my menstrual underwear and I could practice the the art of free bleeding. And that really deeply connected me to a new layer and level of my menstruation, which I I loved and adored and I still use today. So that's me, my transition of menstrual menstrual products. There are lots of different products out there in the market now, um, but I think it's really important to find one that works best for you. And that's what I have used and also what I've experimented with. I never really liked using um, disposable pads. I found they were a little bit like a nappy as you walk. You're like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. Um, and so I was very happy to, you know, keep today using reusable products that are good for the earth and um, and safe for us and our bodies too. So the two brands actually I'll share that I, well, the number one brand I'm actually really loving at the moment is Salt. Salt make menstrual cups. I use their menstrual cup and I also use their period underwear. Their period underwear feels like normal underwear. It does not feel like a pad that's in your undies at all. And I love that. Um, it's a fantastic American brand and they um, they ship to Australia. So I love that. And I they're all um, clean fabrics too. So very healthy for Yoni as well. Now, um, let's talk about rituals and honoring the bleed. And then I'll talk about products that I love to support my bleed too. So with rituals, I think it's really important to understand that your lifestyle is going to look different every single menstruation. I think it's a pipe dream for many people to be like, oh, I've got four days off to bleed. And I think this is just the most aligned time. But in reality, you know, you still have to turn up whether you're a parent, whether you run a business like this, you still need to show up. And so when we think about showing up, what that can mean is that it means you might need to show up slightly differently. You might show up with slightly different energy and you need to care for yourself in a different way before and after. So over the years, this has largely changed for me. The ritual that I love is starting a new cycle tracker. I really love opening up my, you know, a blank cycle tracker and starting a new written tracker. I love reviewing my previous cycle and going over it and exploring what did I learn and what what am I taking away from that cycle that I can take into this next cycle. So it's one of the rituals I absolutely love. The other thing I really love is that when I'm doing that at the same time, I get to look at like roughly when would I be my inner summer? roughly, knowing that our ovulation can move and change at different times of our cycle at different cycles. Mine generally is around between days 12 and day 16. So I love, love, love organizing something to do that's fun with friends or family or my partner um, at that time. And that's, so that's another little ritual that I like to do. It's very simple. Um, it's also very fun. I also love to put, I have these dark they're not red. I found it really hard actually to find red bed linen that are great natural fibers. So I found this really dark, uh, it's kind of like an orange, dark light. It's like a light red, dark orange color, terracotta, you could maybe call it like a dark terracotta. And I brought bed linen so that when I start menstruating, I can change my bed linen into these colors to help me remind myself that I'm in my own red cave. Now, whilst I might not turn my whole bedroom into a red 
Red Cave because I share that with my partner. I think it's really nice to start, you know, bringing that into the bed itself where I rest and where I lay, lay where I lay to rest at night. And um, I love doing that. So it's a really, really simple ritual. Another really fun ritual that I do is when I know my menstruation is about to begin. Um, normally the day before I'm quite in tune. I can feel that. I know my cervix is at the right height for menstruation. And I always love to make pesto gnocchi. So I make a homemade pesto sauce. It's so easy to do um, with mushrooms, olives. Sometimes I put some zucchini in and pes- uh, and gnocchi, gluten-free gnocchi. And, oh, that is such for me, that's such a grounding meal. It really helps ground me. And I find it a really um, anchoring point towards to sum up my cycle, close out my luteal phase with a really beautiful carby meal, and then welcome into my menstruation. When I am menstruating, I love to also make dal kitchari. It's a beautiful Ayurvedic Indian meal that I love, love, love making. It's always nicer too when someone else makes it for you, but I do really love having that meal too. And then the last thing that I really love to do to honor my bleed and a bit of a ritual is I always do a castor oil pack in the lead up to my bleed. And often I'll also do a yoni steam to help open my body and soften myself. And um, as Melissa will share in her episode in this mini series, what she does to help soften and prepare herself for menstruation, I find the yoni steam is a really beautiful softening and giving time. It, you know, I might only steam for five minutes or 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be a long time. I can read my book at nighttime whilst I yoni steam. And I find that along with castor oil packing, I don't do it at the same time, different times, but also that with doing a castor oil pack is really, really beautiful to honor the upcoming bleed. And I very rarely get a whole day off when I menstruate or two days off when I menstruate. I have quite consistent work. And um, that means for me that how I turn up at different times of my cycle for different engagements, you could say, or different meetings, opportunities, scheduled appointments, whatever you want to call them. I get to bring different energy. And that's one of the main reasons why at this show here, we always ask, so tell us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in right now? Um, Because I think that's a really, really beautiful thing to do. And right now I'm entering my inner springtime. So these are different ways I like to honor my bleed. And let's sum it up if we were live, I'd love to ask you. So tell me, like, do you have any questions? Or would you love to know? So if you're listening to this and you have questions or you've got feedback, please come and let me know on Instagram. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Um, but let's talk about some of the, the products that I really love for menstruation. So one product I absolutely love, and this is going to sound so weird, but it's my milk frother. So I brought online a milk frother. I think it was like 20 or $30. And I love making hot cacao and frothing almond milk. I love it. It's kind of like this little homebrew. I'm not a coffee drinker. I've never really enjoyed the taste of coffee. So I don't have anything against coffee. I just don't, I'm not a fan of the taste myself. And for me, having a milk frother is just life. Like, oh, it was an essential for me to travel with. Now, another thing that I absolutely love at this time, um, a product I love is my body gua sha and my body cups. So I have um, facial cups and body cups and cupping is actually a Chinese medicine technique um, to do it at home. You can just buy silicon cups. They sell them online really cheap. Um, I think I brought a pack for like $20 
And this pack allows me to guasha my, I'm sorry, not guasha, cut my body and cut my face. And I find that really nourishing when I'm menstruating because I get to just give myself some nice body care. And that's really, really honoring. So if you don't have either of those things, I highly suggest it. And then the last thing that I absolutely love, and this is a plug for my friend Rosie, is a, a free bleed blanket, or she calls them the splash blanket. I have four of these now, um, almost one in every room of the house. We have one in our bedroom. We have one, I have one here in my office. We have one in my camping kit. Like we have a rooftop tent. So we have one that we take camping and then we have a really, really big one, um, that we use if guests are coming over and they want an extra blanket for their bed or, you know, we want an extra blanket or something. So I love having my my free bleed blanket, my splash blanket. There's links for all of these types of things on my website too. So if you want to go check them out, you can. Um, or if you want to get one from Rosie, make sure you use the code Gemma Lee to save 10% on top of anything else that's going on at that time or any sale that she's having. Um, but these are all of the things that I found really supportive for my menstruation. And also all of my fun little insight stories about my menstrual experience, my my menarche education, um, some of the stories that have come through my menstrual years, products that I love and have experimented with and what I love doing right now to honor me and my menstrual time. So for the next 12 or so episodes, we are going to be interviewing a handful of amazing women who have already been on our show today or before. And we're going to explore each and everyone's individual Menarch stories, their own products they use and love, their own honor, like way they ways they honor their bleed and things that they have experimented with, experienced, and the education they received or didn't receive. So I trust you're going to enjoy our little mini series we're kicking off with today for the next number of weeks. And I really hope you enjoy meeting all of our guests again, some of them again, some of them for the first time. And here's to an amazing menstrual mini series. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.